Praise God, you can be seated. How are we doing, church? We doing well? Amen. So good to see you here. We're so glad to have you with us this morning. My name is Pastor Chris, and you've joined us for Vision Sunday. Today is the day where we get the chance to look back and to look forward at the amazing things God has been doing and the amazing things we believe God is doing in the future. And uh, how many know that God has a great plan for 2020? Few of you do. That's good. That's good. We'll get there. Um, well, we're glad to have you with us. I want to thank you so much for everyone that's taken the journey of prayer and fasting with us. We have just seen God do such uh, an amazing work in our hearts and in our lives. What we've been doing for the last 21 days, if you're just joining us, is we have been taking part in a season we call hunger and thirst. And what that means for us is that we're turning over our hunger towards God. And we're saying, Lord, instead of just being hungry for stuff or for food, we hunger for you. And we're thirsty for your presence, Lord. God's word promises us that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And we just believe that God would fill us to overflowing, that God would meet us and change us and lead us. And we're excited because God's been doing some really amazing things in his house today and, uh, and in this season. And how many know that God has met us in a special way during this season of fasting, during 2019? And uh, we're doing everything we can to make room for more. I mean, it's always something uh, when we come on Sunday mornings now. Last year, you'll know that we went through a transformation process in our sanctuary to make room for what? More. That was the word of the year last year, more. And guess what? God fulfilled his word. And now today, after we've made room for 130 more people, we're telling you almost every Sunday, please move in. We still need room for more people. God's bringing people. Amen? You want to know one of the areas we didn't make room for yet? In the parking lot. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen? We're feeling that. So we do have a, a little bit of a challenge. Is it still a challenge, Maria? Okay, it's still a challenge. We are trying to work it out if we could on our own. Um, but as we come and as we park, I mean, often the parking lot's full very quickly. Um, news that I can share with you is we're building more parking this year. That's one of the things we have to look forward to in 2020. Uh, don't tell 9 a.m. I kept it from them last service. Uh, so it's, it's for you. But when uh, people were parking today, um, we had an issue where uh, someone has parked in such a way in the back of our lot that it's, it's blocking some cars that are trying to get out right now as we speak. Um, and so instead of keeping them here, because they already heard the message, they don't need to hear it again, I don't think, uh, we want to let them out. So if you parked in the back and you have a Honda Civic that's silver, back by the shed in the back of this parking lot, um, your license plate is s 19 LRL, like anyone knows their license plate by heart, but you're parked by the shed, you're blocking some cars, can you please slip out privately right now and just go make sure you move so that we can uh, address that as quickly as possible. Amen? That's a little bit stressful, but it's a good problem because God has been growing us in some special ways, and we're excited in the months to come that we're going to make room for more, not just in the house, but in the parking um, as well, and uh, God's going to continue to bring that increase. So again, as we've been walking through this year and through this season of just seeking God, I believe that this is the best way you can begin your year. Oftentimes, we've conditioned ourselves at the turning of a year to get away by ourselves and to determine what our goals will be, what our resolutions will be, what our plans will be for the year that is ahead. And I, am, I, I commend that. I think it's great that we have initiative and want to um, accomplish great things in the year that's in front of us. But what's often void in that whole plan is bringing all of that before the Lord and not saying, Lord, I want my plan for this year, but instead saying, Lord, I want your plan for this year. I want to be in line with what you have. This verse of scripture in Proverbs 16 really resonates in my heart. It says this, 
How many know this is true? We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. We can make all the plans we want, but I want to, at the end of my days and at the end of my life, I want to know that I've been in step with God's plan. The steps that he's ordained and determined for me, that my heart is in line. And during this season of seeking him, what's happening is I'm bringing my plan into alignment with God's plan for me. And I'm seeking him, saying, Lord, I want nothing more than what you want for me. Lord, lead me, guide me, speak to me. How many are thankful for clarity that's coming to you this year? How many are thankful for the way that God's been moving and encouraging you, speaking to you? Here's what I want you to know. As we get to today, we are not at the end of anything. We're just at the beginning of the great things God's going to do. Yes, it's the closing of a fast, but it's the beginning of some great breakthrough God's bringing. And I believe the year that's ahead of us is a year where God's going to do something so rich and so powerful, beyond what we could really think, beyond what we can imagine. And I want to share uh, what the Lord's burdened my heart with and the heart of our leadership with. Because each year, it seems like for the last few years, the Lord's just been giving a word into our hearts. And last year, the word was more. It was that God was going to do more, abundantly more, than we could really think or imagine. And we got to the end of the year, and you know what we did? We looked back, and we saw those threads of more in every way how God did it, and he did it beyond in ways that we could never have imagined. And this year, he's birthed a new word in our hearts for where he's leading us and where he desires for us to go. For us to unpackage this, I want to bring us to a verse of Scripture that I was reading recently. And in this passage, um, the Lord really began to stir and speak to my heart regarding where he's calling us as a church in 2020. Would you open with me to Mark's gospel in the New Testament chapter 4? It's a parable that's found in multiple uh, gospel accounts where Jesus tells. It's one of his most famous uh, parables and uh, teachings. And so as he's giving a parable, when Jesus gave parables, he was giving them a picture of the kingdom of God. He was helping them see something that they couldn't quite see yet. And he was helping them understand it. And so Jesus' parables are so powerful because they're packed with so much insight and wisdom in helping us understand his heart, helping us understand what the kingdom of God is and what God's um, desires truly are. And so let me pray because as Jesus shared this parable in particular, he, he coupled it with a statement that our hearts our ears, our eyes must be open to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, to see what the Lord is doing. If not, our hearts can be closed off and we can miss it completely. And so let me pray for us right now. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come. Would you fulfill your word and your promise, Lord God? We are leaning in today to hear from you. Come on, would you just ask the Lord right now, Lord, I need a word in season. Lord, would you speak to my heart? Would you show me whatever it is you want me to know, Lord, for today, for this year, and for the season ahead of me? In Jesus' name, amen. So in Mark's gospel, chapter 4, Jesus begins to tell this uh, parable about the four soils. And he began to talk about a farmer, and he says there's this farmer that goes out, and he begins to scatter seed. And so he went out to plant this seed in his field, and he scattered it all across his field. But the seed fell in some different places. So he said some seed fell on the footpath, which is very hard in ground, and the birds came immediately and ate it up. He said other soil fell on sh um, seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. And the plant sprang up quickly, but it soon wilted beneath the hot sun and died because the roots had no nourishment in shallow soil. Verse 7, he says that the other seed fell among the thorns and shot up and were choked out and produced no fruit at all. But other seed fell on fertile soil, on good soil. 
and it produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times more than had been planted. And so Jesus tells this story. Why am I sharing this with you today? Because it is a story about growth and about different kinds of growth that's taking place. And if I could share with you the word that the Lord has put on our heart for 2020, here's the word, grow. That it is going to be a year of growth like we have never seen before. It's going to be a year of what I would go as far as to say is unprecedented growth. We're talking 30, 60, 100 fold of what the Lord would bring in. So the Lord begins to go and he shares the reality of what this passage actually means. If you'll look with me, I want us just to look at verses 14 through 20 of Mark chapter uh, 4. It says, The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come and take it right away because it's hardened. It can't get through the soil. The seed that fell on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they won't last very long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, <clears throat> the lures of wealth. Come on, somebody and the desires for other things, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produces a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as been planted. So let's just take a moment and look at this. Jesus tells of four different types of soil. But what's so important about this passage of Scripture is that the seed is the same. Look at your neighbor and tell them, the seed is the same. It's the same seed all around. See, the sower is the same. Tell them the sower is the same. It's all about the soil. Tell them now. It's all about the soil. Oftentimes we get so good at pointing to everything else as the problem. Well, you know what? It's really about God. Maybe he doesn't, he doesn't see me. He's not here. He's not with me. God's no respecter of persons. God doesn't have some kind of ranking system in heaven. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? We say, no, it's just not the seed. I just, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I need something different. I, the seed's the same. God's the one who brings life. His word is what brings us nourishment and growth. But it all settles on the condition of the soil to receive it and for how deep it will go and how much it will produce. So look at these four types of soil again, and I'll put them up on the screen. We have the hard soil which equals what? No growth. So the hard soil, the first one, no growth happens. It's just snatched away immediately. There's, a, there's a, a lack of receptivity at all. It's hardened. You know, sometimes bitterness and hurts that go on in this life, apathy, us going through the motions, us, us having unconfessed sin and doing things that we know aren't right and hardening our hearts against God and His presence, it could put us in a position that God's Word is present and we're even sitting in church in the seed, the Word of God is being spread, but we're not in a place at all to receive any of it because there's just such a hardness. Does that make sense? So it produces no growth. Then there's shallow soil where it can only go so deep and no further. And it produces what we'll call temporary growth. But I'm going to tell you, it's the easiest to be uprooted when the storms of life come. When it's shallow and has no roots, there's nothing to withstand the challenges. And when the hardships of life come, it's so easy that our faith 
falls out the door. Some would say, you know what, I've been, I, I've been trying to walk this out, but then it feels like every time a challenge comes, I just kind of ignore God and I just fall away from him. And then I come back and, and, and perhaps there's, a, there's still the shallowness there that the roots haven't gone deep enough to hold you. The Lord promises that he wants to grow in you in such a way that this won't be the reality in your life. Then there's the next one, thorny soil. It's called choked out growth, where you are growing, you're excited to grow, and there's a level of growth in your life, but it has become so stunted, and it's even withering away because even more than, than, than thinking about the Lord and meditating on his word, there's so much worry, so many things other competing priorities that are choking out your time to grow and develop the roots God has for you to bring that growth. Are you still with me? Finally, there's good soil. And the promise of good soil is fruitful, multiplied growth. I don't know about you, but my prayer is this for every single person in this room. Lord, I want to see fruitful, multiplied growth in every life, in every person that calls Evangel Church. I'm praying for that. Lord, I don't want any of those soils to be the condition of my heart in life in 2020. Amen? And as we think about this, it's so important to understand it because right now as we come through this season of fasting and prayer, some of you are hearing from God in a way that you haven't heard from him before. Some of you are experiencing breakthrough and clarity like you have not had it before. Some of you can feel such a deep sense that God is moving and God is working in some special ways, and you're thinking, this is amazing. I love this. I feel so near. I feel it's, it, it, so much is happening. Do you want to know what's really been happening during these 21 days of fasting and prayer? You've been taking to the soil of your heart, and you've been cultivating it to such a place that you're very receptive to God's word right now. But guess what? Fast forward two or three or four months from now, if there's no continued cultivation, the ground will be hardened again or, or filled with rocks or thorns, or thorns and weeds will start to grow up where they used to be. Are you, ta- are you with me today? Do you know what was happening is that your heart's becoming softened. God was breaking through some things, and you're feeling that. It may have been painful, might have been difficult, but then you're starting to feel in that other way that there's a, deep, a deepening of your relationship. You're spending more time with Him. You're going deeper with Him. You're feeling like, you know what, I'm thinking about Him, and I'm worrying about his, what matters to His heart more than any of this other stuff. I'm focused on Him, and God's bringing growth to you. But come on, let's not let that be temporary growth. I don't need 21 days. I need, I need this entire year to be full of God's presence. I want to reach everything he has for me. And so that's what I want us to understand. And I want to equip you with a few things today I think will be very helpful. Because I believe that we must continually cultivate the soil of our hearts so that we can grow in the way that God wants us to grow in 2020. Because God wants to grow you in a way that he's never grown you before. He wants, wherever you are, he wants to take you deeper. And so where you might find yourself, because there can be some challenges that come. Someone might hurt you. There might be some things that are showing up in your life where there can be a time where your heart starts to harden, where you start to feel distant from him, where you start to feel like you're not receptive, or, or there's things that are coming in, choices that are being made. And you just start to back off and you start to distance yourself. What's needed in that time, just think about that kind of hardened soil. The best thing to break up a hardened soil is a rake. Are you with me? And when that rake hits the soil, the hardened soil breaks it up. So the first tool that I would encourage you to reach for is this beautiful word called repentance. We learned on Wednesday night whenever Dr. Mitch Glazer was with us sharing about fasting, that one of the key elements of fasting in ancient Judaism was repentance. It must be coupled with repentance. 
that as we're drawing near to God, there are things in our lives that we are seeing as obstacles, as, as areas that, that so in, is entangling us or things that are, need to be softened. And so we come to the Lord in repentance. The word repent means to turn, to turn away from and turn towards God. And guess what? There are things that need to be repented of regularly. Things that you need to recognize. And as you recognize, this is causing a barrier. This is causing an issue. This is something that's getting in the way of my relationship with God. And we're willing to repent of that. I've hurt someone or I've done something that I know isn't right. Repentance is like taking a, raw, a, a rake to that soil and it breaks it up. And you know what it does? It's painful. Come on, tell somebody. It hurts. But it's good. And it's going to help me grow. It's essential for growth. Come on, we won't get any further. We, there, will be par- there are parts of your life that God wants to grow, but there is hard ground there. And until you're willing to repent, until you're willing to get that right, your growth is going to be stunted. You're wondering what's going on. I can get up here and do cartwheels all day. I could preach the best message. We can, the Holy Spirit could fall in power, but if we're not a repentant people, we will not grow the way God wants us to grow. You could be a part of the best church that is producing life everywhere. You could be, you could be in the middle of a revival, but if there isn't, regular coming before God saying, God, search me and know me. If there's any unright way within me, Lord, do the deep work. Lord, I want to open my life to you. Are you with me? I know you don't like it, but it's good. It's the truth of God's word. It's what we need. So the second thing we need, if we think about that second type of soil, is the rocky soil. It's the shallow soil. And you know what you need? You need a shovel. You need to be able to dig deeper in that soil because I want depth. God wants depth. He's not interested in just a bunch of fans. He's not interested in fair-weather fans. He's not interested in that and short-lived things. He wants to bring you deeper. Amen? He wants to build a foundation within you so that there is no storm in this life that could come to take away your faith and your hope in him. And so for so many, God is going to bring you deeper in 2020. That requires this shovel. And so whenever you're feeling like, you know what, I'm only spending a little bit of time. I'm, I'm only showing up. The only time I hear the word is when you're talking about it, Pastor. I'm telling you this. If I'm the only time you're hearing the word is when you come on a Sunday morning, man, there's just not much room for depth there. That's just one day a week. We need daily bread, not weekly bread. Amen? We need daily bread, not monthly bread. Some are like, man, this is the first time. I only come once a year, Christmas and Easter, but they're not here today because uh, this is another day. Um, but, that, you know, yearly bread, that's not going to cut it. Could you imagine if you only ate once a year? Come on, some of you are like, yeah, I know, I'm hungry, Pastor. We're talking about fasting. God wants to bring you deeper. So what does that mean? It means you've got to dig down. You've got to dig into his word more. That's for sure. Because it's in his word that we find life. It's in his word we find truth. When we find the truth, the truth has the power to set us free that we're going to find him, we're going to know him, we're going to understand him, we're going to understand, this is so neat, you got to dig down, so more time in God's word, dedicated time in God's word, more time to focus on him, that's what's going to build depth in your life, and also surrounding yourself in godly community, being a part of a life group, that's how you'll go deeper. Getting into growth track, that's how you'll go deeper in God. That's how you'll begin to go deeper and begin to search him and understand more of what he has for you. So get involved in community, study God's word, dig deeper when you feel like you're in that place that God's only giving, getting the leftovers, then it's going to result in that shallow depth in our lives and God wants to grow deeper roots in that. Are you with me? So the next one, this is the interesting one. The thorns and the thistles, the worries of life, the, the other things. And so often... Worry can crowd out our lives. And Jesus likens this to thorns and thistles and other kinds of... Has anyone ever reached and didn't realize that you were grabbing thorns? Come on, let me see a show of hands. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And you get that in your... I'm thinking of Peter, you do landscaping. Yeah, I'm sure you've had your run-in with a few of those, right? 
And it sticks in your skin, and it's a constant irritant, especially if you can't get it out. You know, I was, I was putting together some furniture in our house this weekend, and as I was holding the wood, I didn't realize that some of it was kind of like rubbing off in my hand. And so I have a few little tiny splinters in the palm of my hand right now. And when I'm talking, I'm grabbing things, I feel it pinch just a little bit. Isn't that how worry sometimes is? That is there, it's that constant irritant, and at the la- worst possible moment, you wake up and it hits you again, and it steals so much of your joy. It causes so much frustration. It causes so much of your time and your energy to go into a different direction. What do we need? What overcomes that? The fear that comes in, the worry, the way that can rip at what God wants to do in your life. I think about that. When I'm going to go and I'm going to garden, I know that there are going to be weeds present. You want to put on a glove, right? And this glove has a coating. This coating protects what's vulnerable from harm. There are things that are present in your life that God desires to take care of and he he desires to keep you from, to protect you from. And what I find for me is that whenever I'm walking in faith, walking by faith, living my life, trusting God that faith becomes greater than fear. And whenever I reach with faith, I feel God's hand of protection. He keeps me from the storms. He keeps me from the thorns. He keeps me from the challenges. And I know that when I stand in faith, I'm protected. Amen? Like the shield of faith we hear about in in, in the armor of God, that as we come, there's a protection that's there. And now when I'm bringing, when, when when I'm walking by faith, I'm grabbing a hold of those things, just like a giant pile of weeds that, that, that you've pulled up, and some of them might have thorns in them. You hold it, and you grab it by faith, and then you bring it right into the presence of God, and you leave it there. You're not meant to carry it. You're not meant to wear it in your life. You don't need to wear that worry on your sleeve anymore because God says, come to me in faith and trust me. I'm covering you. Amen? Are you with me? So that's what we reach for. And so these tools can help us to cultivate the environment because here's what I'm sure of today. Hear me, hear me. If you don't catch anything else, I want you to understand this. God brings the growth into your life. God is the one. His word is what's alive and active and has power. God is the one who grows. It's, the Bible's so clear on this. So it's not like, how am I going to grow? Here's what my job is. It's not to focus on all the ways that I'm going to grow. It's to make sure I put myself in a place where I can grow, where God can bring the growth into my life. So instead of focusing on all the other stuff, focus on cultivating the soil of your heart and life to say, Lord, I'm creating an environment where growth can take place in my life. Because it's so clear. The Lord says it over and over again. In fact, we don't have time to completely go into it, but if you just mark this down in your notes and read it, maybe this week or today, as you go a little further down, Jesus tells another parable right after this in Mark chapter 4. And as he tells this parable, he talks about the kingdom of God like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. And it says night and day while he's asleep and while he's awake, he goes out and it has sprouted and it is growing and is producing fruit and then it's even harvested. And the idea is this, that he did his part, but God is the ultimate one that brings growth. uh, The apostle Paul goes on to say this about the Lord. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 5 through 9, I want to tell you today, it's not Pastor Chris that's going to make you grow. It's not uh, Pastor Paul or anyone else that's going to bring that growth into your life. It's the Lord himself. That's, what, that's who's responsible. Look what, look what the Apostle Paul says. After all, who is Apollos? And some of you are like, I don't even know who Apollos is. Uh, who is that? He's, he was a teacher in that time. Who is Paul? There's no competition among us. We're just people. We're only God's servants through whom you believed in the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. 
I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it, but God is who made it grow. God brings the growth. It's not important who does the planting or does the watering. It's important that God makes the seed grow. God makes the growth. He brings it. The one who plants, the one who water, they work together for the same purpose. They are needed. But at the end of the day, the growth is given to the Lord. He's the one that produces it. And both will be rewarded for their hard work. Both are God's workers. Both are, we are God's field. You are God's building. So he talks about all this. It's important to understand that. Because sometimes we can become so fixated that it's, it's about us. It's about the work of our hands. That's what, that's what the growth is going to come through. But God makes it clear. The growth that he wants to bring into your life, you could never do on your own. It's only going to be the, by the work of his spirit, his word taking root in your heart, him transforming you. You didn't have the power to save yourself, and you're not going to be able to grow in everything God wants you to be on your own. You need him. It's all about him. Amen? But we have a responsibility, putting ourselves in that position to grow. The reason I tell you that, because cultivating is so important. That's a key word I want you to write down and take note of. To cultivate means to prepare or, or, or use the land for crops or gardening. How am I cultivating my life so that I could be in a position to grow into everything God has for me? You know, as we look back on 2019, we have seen God truly do more. We've seen that God has already begun to grow us in so many ways. And we've thought about that, and we've looked at that, and we praise God for that. We saw more people get involved in small groups. Over 500 different people signed up for life groups last year. Praise God. Come on, let's celebrate that. We're involved in community. We saw people going all over the world, missions and, and, and lives being changed. 1,200 people going out into our community during service for service to be the hands and feet of Jesus on mission across the street and around the world. We saw over 200 people get involved in growth track as we've launched it, and 120 of them graduating, and more people are graduating today, let's praise God, right after the service and stepping into serving and into opportunities to be used by God. We saw just about 1,400 people in the year, in the last year, as brand new guests. Like some of you are brand new today. Throughout the year of 2019, over 1,400 people came into our doors as first-time guests. I thought it was 1,200, and then we ran the numbers, and it was 1,400 people, an amazing amount of people. God is bringing the growth. In fact, last year, um, something happened in about the middle of the year as we got into the fall. We, were, we had received some emails, and sometimes, how many know spam is is a reality, that you'll get spam and you'll think it's real and then you just kind of discard it thinking, oh, this is just a whatever. And so we got an email and we just kind of discarded it. We didn't think it was anything. And then they called us and it was Outreach Magazine. And they're a Christian magazine that uh, does statistics and analytics and they um, kind of study church trends and what's going on and looking at the state of the church in America. Um, and they, they kind of look at how churches are growing or, or if they're stuck, what's, what can help them to grow. And they, they just take in all the church's statistics uh, throughout the year. And they reached out to us and they said, this last year, Evangel Church, of all the churches in the country, was the 53rd fastest growing church in the nation. And so we said, wait, what? Like, what, are you like what, what does that mean? And he said, yeah. And then when you look in the state of New Jersey, it's the fastest growing church in the state of New Jersey. Not the largest, not either, but the rate of growth. And so we're there and they said, what, what's, what, what's, what's contributing to that? So they got me on a phone call, and it was on a very awkward phone call, I have to be honest, because, like, the Lord's bringing the growth. We don't, we don't, we're praying. The Wednesday night prayer meeting, I think, is a key part of it. And, and, and we're, we're, we're kind of, there's not a lot of tricks or other things we're doing. We're just 
doing our very best to meet with God, to hear from Him, to get in His presence. And I've just sat and thought about that. Do you know what we've really been doing? We've been trying to do our best to cultivate the environment here for God to be able to produce growth, for Jesus to come and do whatever He wants to do. We're trying to be sensitive to His Spirit's working. And you know what God's doing? God's bringing the growth. And He's doing it in such a way that we really sit in rooms and we're like, we can't explain it. We can't comprehend it. It's God. And guess what? Sometimes it's great for us to just say, it's God, because He gets all the glory then. Amen? It's not Pastor Chris, not anyone else. I'm not telling you that today to brag. I, I was literally like, I don't know if I should say anything uh, about this because like we're bragging or we're being prideful. No, I'm doing it because we all need to open our eyes and realize something. God is bringing an incredible amount of growth into this house. And when he does that, he calls us to now have to steward that in a different way. Amen? We don't want to ignore that because God's drawing people unto himself. We want to make sure we're wise and we're making the most of what God wants to do in the hearts and lives of people. And guess what? I believe we're just getting started. I believe that the growth that's come, God's bringing even more, and he's ready to grow us in some amazing ways. So as we consider that, come on up, Pastor Rick. I think about how God wants to grow us, and it's about cultivating that. For us, we've been working very hard to cultivate the right environments for growth to happen. Some of those key environments are things like growth track, small groups, or the different ministries that we have available here and for the family. All of those are environments where growth can take place. Serving opportunities, joining a team, that's a place where you can grow. So we're setting the ground, but guess what? You have to step into that. Make yourself available to be used by God and to step into the growth that he wants to bring into your life. Amen? Because he wants to produce more. He wants to grow you in ways that you could never imagine. So I've talked about a lot today about how God wants to grow you individually. And that's a key part of the vision of what God's going to do in 2020 and what growth looks like. But it's not just what he wants to do in us. It's what he, what he wants to do through us. Our vision is changed lives, changing communities. So we've talked a lot about a changed life today, how God wants to change your life and how he wants to grow the deeper roots. Because when we talk about growth, we can talk about quantity growth and quality growth. Everything I've been talking to you about today is not about the growth that you're going to get more stuff, accumulation of things or possessions. It's not about that kind of growth. God wants to bring quality growth into your life. He wants the quality of your relationship with him to grow like never before, for you to deepen in your walk with him, to bring you to a place you've never been before, to experience his presence and his goodness. Amen? How many are looking forward to that? How many are hungry for that? How many desire that? To say, Lord, I wanna, I'm tired of being worried. I'm tired of, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, Lord God. I want more of what you have. I want to grow into everything that you have for me. I want to experience the fullness of Christ in my life. But now it's also changed lives, changing communities. The result of that growth is God's going to bring other growth, quantity growth. He's already bringing people through our doors. He's already filling. We're having to tell you more regularly, hey, make some more room. we got to make room for more people as God's bringing growth into the house. There's a passage of Scripture found in John chapter 4. So if you move over two, chapter, or two, two books of the Bible, you'll see it there, where Jesus was with his disciples, and they were traveling around Israel. And as they had to go from one part to the other, there was an area called Samaria, and the Jewish people went out of their way to avoid Samaria at all costs. The Bible said Jesus had to go through Samaria. It's not that he had to. There wasn't a detour that day. Jesus made a detour. Why? Because he had a divine appointment in Samaria. There was a place that everyone else traveled around. But Jesus was traveling too. Because there was a woman that was there that had a past and had a lot of issues, brokenness. But on that day, Jesus was going to come and change everything. 
See, Jesus saw past what everyone else saw. They saw really messed up soil. They saw hardened ground. They saw thorns. They saw so much stuff that would concern them and frustrate them. It says not worth it. Jesus always says it's worth it. I want you to know today, no matter where your heart is, you're not too far from God. God has divine appointments with so many of us here today. He had a divine appointment with her, and it was going to change everything. You see, long before there's ever a harvest, there's just a piece of land. And that land has the potential to produce everything we've been talking about. And Jesus saw in Samaria a harvest before anyone else could. And so he went and he met with this woman by a well. He talked to her, and guess what? It was hardened ground. But there was some breakthrough. There was some deepening. And by the end of it, she said, you're the Savior of the world. He revealed himself as Messiah to her. Her whole life changed in that moment, and she ran into the town and said, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. And the Bible says there in John 4 that many came out of Samaria and put their faith in Jesus Christ. There was a harvest right there in that moment. Praise God. Then the disciples come, and they're very uncomfortable, and they're very confused. Like, what are we doing here, and and, and what are we going to do about this? And so they start to talk to Jesus, and they said, Jesus, um, eat something. Because they had gone to get some food, and he hadn't been eating. And they said, eat something. Jesus says to them, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. And they said, did someone bring him some food while we were gone? Jesus then explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and finishing his work. You know the saying, four months more before planting in that harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvester are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvest. It's true. I have sent you to a harvest where you didn't plant. Others have already done the work, and now you get to gather in the harvest. Jesus saw harvest in a place that no one had expected. His heart was for the harvest and to see it go and spread into other places. Church, that's our vision. Changed lives, changing communities. The desire is that we would see life change happen. Communities transformed because of our presence there. We're thankful that Scotch Plains, Fanwood, Plainfield, we pray, Lord, may they never be the same because of where you've planted Evangel Church. Amen? We want to see a harvest in this land. But over the last few years, as we've been praying that, God has burdened our heart, burdened my heart, burdened our leadership's heart as we've looked around the community. And we see other parts of, of central New Jersey that don't have a life-giving church. It's, a, it's land, but there's not that harvest yet in that place. And so God has burdened our heart. He's been speaking to us. And I'm excited to tell you that now is the hour. The Lord has woken us up. And in 2020, we're taking a big step. This year, we're going to step out and start a second location of Evangel Church somewhere else in central New Jersey. We're going to multiply ourselves, church. We're going to grow into a new area, into new land, and we're going to see a harvest. For us, we see that harvest time is normally in the fall in this area, and by the fall of this year is when we believe the Lord is going to open that door and allow for us to be one church in two locations, being changed lives, changing another community. Amen? So I want you to pray about that, and here's what I want you to know. God has a part for you to play. As you're growing and as he's growing within you, he's growing you, maturing you, and preparing you to be a part of his work. And I believe God has already been preparing some of you to step into that work in that harvest field as we get ready for it. Amen? So you be praying and saying, Lord, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to lead me, here I am. Are we ready, church? Are we ready to step into whatever God has for us? Amen. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today?
Lord, we thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest. And Lord, you said, pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into his fields. Today, as I look over this body, Lord, we are your workmanship. We are that body. We are those workers, Lord God. And we ask you this year to grow in us, Lord God, but grow in us so that you could do something powerful through us, Lord God. And would you put us in the position that, Lord, as you desire to use us for greater things, Lord God, things that we don't even have in our minds today, but you already have for us, that, Lord, we're ready because we have taken this season and this vision of growth so seriously, Lord God. Take us deeper, Lord God. Grow us in ways we've never grown before and make us more like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today I want you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Jesus said, remain in me and I'll remain in you like a branch remaining in the vine can only produce when it's connected. It's only through a relationship with Jesus that your life can grow the way God wants it to grow. There is no growth outside of me. He said, apart from me, you could do nothing. Today is a great day to get your heart right with God if you're far from him. Today is an amazing day for you to recognize that Jesus is the real deal. He has the power to change everything. I tell you that from personal experience. Jesus changes everything. He has the power to forgive your past, to heal your present, and to give you a brand new future that you could never imagine. And it comes at the other side of repentance, you turning your life to him, acknowledging your sin, placing your faith and your trust in him, taking hold of him today and saying, Lord, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose from it. I believe you are the one God's promised. And I put all my hope in you. Today, if you're ready to do that, the Lord's ready to give you a brand new beginning in your life. He's ready to change everything. But you're the only one that can make that decision. It's your heart. It's the soil of your heart. Where is it? If you're willing today to say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to begin a brand new relationship with you. I want to pray a prayer with you. And I believe there are many here that are ready to take that step. Some that are far from God and you're returning home today to the Lord. But if that's you, before I pray, I just want to know that you're here. Would you just slip up a hand wherever you're sitting and say, Pastor, I want to be a part of that prayer. I want to turn my life to Jesus. Come on, just lift your hand. No one's looking around. I just want to know if you're here and if you hear me. Praise God. Is there anyone else up in the balcony watching online? Praise God, man. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. Let's praise God with those that are making this decision. This is the greatest decision you're ever going to make. Come on, right now, I want you to pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Anyone, everyone, say this with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I turn to you. I know that I've sinned, that I've fallen short, but today is a brand new beginning. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead to give me a brand new life. And today, I commit to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Lord, I pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, as hearts have been opened to you, do the miracle, Lord God. Bring the growth. Bring the transformation like never before. Change hearts. Change lives. Make us more like you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, one more time. Let's celebrate with those that made that decision. And today, church family, as we come to the end of our fast, there's no better way for us to end 
than to take communion together. And so this could be the final thing we do before we leave today is we're going to take communion in God's presence. This is remembering the death and the resurrection of Jesus. I'm going to invite you as you're sitting right where you're at and entering into this song of worship just to prepare your hearts. Take one of the piece of bread, take one of the cup, and we're all going to pray together. And that's going to be the way we conclude our service today. So those who are serving are to come and let's worship the Lord together until we eat together.